As the consultation period for the government's plans for GP commissioning draws to a close and the timetable for implementation is published, debate continues about what it'll mean for the future of our health service. At a conference at the King's Fund on the 7th of September, the discussion focused on the key factors required for putting the plans into practice. I'm Sarah Hardcastle and I spoke to a number of the conference contributors to assess their perspectives on the current situation. Dr William Lum is a GP and board member at the Westmoreland Primary Care Collaborative. We have a reasonably well-formed uh, collaborative, initially formed under practice-based commissioning some three, four years ago, uh, with with all, all almost all the GPs in the locality coming together, work, trying to work as a group uh, and f uh, forming very good links with our community services. And how are you working in practice in a way that's going to reflect what the coalition government hopes GP commissioners are going to be doing in the future? Uh, well, we're trying to do pretty much everything that, or, or the vision of the white paper. We're trying, we're trying to deliver uh, the aspiration on close to home. We're trying to deliver the aspiration on quality care. We're trying to deliver the aspiration on 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 uh, patients and patients being uh, being involved in controlling their health care, and that GPs direct and commission that commission that care uh, through the entirety of the process. What have been the barriers to uh, where you are already in that process? Practice-based commissioning and GP fund holding is a challenge to acute trusts and they have to get their head around it and almost certainly it will, it will mean an alteration in how they configure services. Uh, that brings its own challenges within the acute trust and also in the past uh, the acute trust have, have generally speaking uh, decided what happens in, in, in acute healthcare uh, so that's a challenge for, for, uh, for organisations to, to uh, meet uh, that in specifics. Uh, sp also in a primary care trust uh, the executive may decide that this is a good thing to do, empower, empower GPs and empower, empower the localities but sometimes the, the middle management struggle with those concepts and that's been a bit of an issue but we've got there. More generally there are empires, egos and politics in all parts of the NHS and they uh, it, is, it is, can be sometimes exceedingly difficult to deal with those uh, in, in, in putting the patient first. Well how have you gone about it? It's been led from the top. The senior management of the PCT some three, four years ago realised that this was the way that it wanted to be and has driven has, has driven this process. So we've had support from the PCT from day one to the point now where we have where we have devolved uh, primary care staff operating within the localities. So we have our we have our, our the, the accountant is we have a third of an accountant. We have half an informatician. We have a local services manager. All those people that traditionally sit at the PCT hub have been devolved down to the local. So, so the entire structure has 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 been set up to enable practice-based commissioning, stroke stroke uh, GP uh, commissioning to take place, and then stepping up to the mark, uh, we've had uh, uh, several local GPs have stepped forward and taken time out of clinical practice and and involve themselves in 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 service redesign. What about those that that haven't joined? Uh, you mentioned you've got you've got the majority of them in your area, but not all. Um, how do you see? I mean, this is going to be mandatory uh, in the future for for all GPs. How how do you see engaging those colleagues who thus far have not been enthusiastic? Uh, thankfully, thankfully, in our part of the world, uh, uh, ninety nine percent of the population is covered by engaged GPs. So, so we'll, we'll look into a very small number. I think that's a really difficult question, and I don't. I'm afraid I don't have an answer for it. Uh, I, I, no, I, the, the, at the moment, at, at, at that 
it, that impacts into that impacts into contracts management regarding the general medical services contract. That impacts in, in into political will. That impacts into what what patients in a given area might choose to do. I think patients are going to become. Although what I do think is patients are going to become a little bit more mobile. They're going to become consumers of healthcare, and I and I think. Generally speaking, there's always overlap. There's always an element of overlap in GP in practices, and I think patients will will if they see a practice moving ahead, if they see a practice offering better services, I think you, we might see more GP mobility. And there is there is a critical mass there is a critical mass that GP practice requires. So purely conceptually, one wonders whether in due course, uh, you know, patients will vote, move, and, and and practices that don't that don't perform well will struggle. I'm not going to ask you for a sort of top 10 tips, mm. but what would you say to colleagues listening who perhaps are much further back than you down this track are the, the fundamental components that they need to look at to look forward to the future of, of GP commissioning? Put the patient first at all times. Remember you're in a complex structure and small things matter. Design for 80% of, of the of eventualities and work it out for the rest of the 20%. Uh, Empower your staff, delegate, uh, love your staff, make everyone feel that they're part of the process and they have own, own ownership of the process. Any projects you have, own your projects. You have to feel, and if, if an individual doesn't own a project, it won't happen in the timescale that you require. Uh, that's, that's, that's a reasonable start of a 10.